Hello, Geeky On listeners. This is your host, Eric, coming back with another podcast. Uh, sorry about the delay. We've, uh, well, I've been busy. I've had some stuff going on and uh, just trying to keep everything going. And as a result, I've uh, kind of been remiss, if you will, with the podcast. And I've kind of missed a couple weeks. So I'm really sorry for that. Hope you have been sticking with us. If not, you're not listening to this. So I guess it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, anyhow, we have the second part of Stadium's free comic book day uh, live podcast that I did, and we've got some of our best interviews, if I do say so myself, um, on this one. Uh, well, to be honest, they were all really fantastic, so it's really hard to say which ones were the best, but uh, we have Adam Gorham, Mad Sketch, uh, Phil McClory, Dill Cloffer, uh, um, we have... Shane Heron coming back, and Sean Hatton of Reviews on the Run. So, uh, lots of really interesting conversations there. Uh, it was a lot of fun to do, and uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, other big announcement that I wanted to quickly uh, plug is that we have the website going live. As of June 1st, you can get all kinds of geeky news and just opinion pieces and editorial and just all kinds of stuff like that on geekyon.com. It's uh, what you would call, I guess, sort of like a, a like super blog or like a, you know, sort of a, a juiced up blog format. Um, we're kind of still getting the exact feel of it down but uh there's definitely going to be lots of really interesting con uh, content uh on there and you can also access the podcast from there so it'll be geekyon.com on june 1st and also just going to uh put out an open call uh we're looking for contributors so if you like what uh we we talk about here on the podcast and uh you think you could write some interesting content uh about this kind of subject matter then shoot us an email and uh, let us know if you know and tell us about yourself. It's uh, getgeekyon at gmail.com. So that's G I T geekyon at gmail.com. And yeah, get in touch with us because uh, we'd always love to hear uh, from other voices and get lots of different sort of perspectives. Uh, and you know, I want to hear about your cool geeky stuff that you're passionate about. Um, so that's that's what's going on with us. Uh, we got lots of cool stuff in the pipeline. Hopefully in the near future, we're going to have some very interesting guests. Uh, lots of stuff lined up. I just kind of have to make it happen. So stay tuned. Lots of exciting stuff to come. But in the meantime, here is the second part of Stadium's Free Comic Book Day uh, live podcast. with Mad Sketch. Yes. <laughs> uh, a fellow artist, uh, you know, here in, in the GTA area. Uh, yep. you're, you're Mississauga based? Or? I'm Mississauga, yeah. Yeah, right yeah. on. A lot of my business is in, is in Toronto, though, so I go back and forth a lot. Okay, so I mean, like, in terms of business, uh, do you do, like, sort of freelance work and stuff like that, or? Uh, I do a lot. I, I do freelance, but I also do... Um, I work at this place called Fast Motion Studios too, oh, okay. and uh, we do uh, they do stunts and we do um, motion capture for like video games and movies. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so like uh, the guys choreographed Scott Pilgrim and everything. Oh so, my god, that's amazing! Yeah, like, so like we basically I get to see all the props and stuff, and I geek out every now and then and see everybody and 
So, so that's the perks of that job. Oh, that's super cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm myself just coming out of a program doing television writing and production and a lot mm -hmm. of stuff with like film production uh, in terms of is my experience and my, right. my like, sort of knowledge base. I'm always fascinated by post-production and like mm. the, the uh, like sort of the specific um, technical jobs within the industry mm -hmm. and like stunts is one of those things you don't hear a lot about. Yeah. Um, but it's such a technical and such a precise field yeah. and you really have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I, I only do rope. I only do the rope pulley work. Yeah. And everyone else is basically all the most physical, crazy stunts backwards, and it's just crazy. Like, oh yeah. They've they brought in like the best parkour people, like the first guys who started parkour. Like we've had them in the studio doing crazy stunts. That's stuff, awesome. Tricking and like just all the best of the best come in there, and we've met like the, the guys that work with everybody. So it's it's a really awesome place, and uh, it's like my fun house. Yeah. Because I go there and. We, I, my job is to create IPs, so intellectual property. So, right. so we, we pitch them ideas and stuff like that. So it's just me just coming up with stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, not only do they do like, you know, so they, they, I guess, obviously do work for films and stuff like that, but they also develop their own yeah. properties. In yeah, the, the, the guys That's who awesome. run it, the guys who run it, they do, um, they're the executive producers for Lost Girl. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so. so. Oh, wait, um, like Firestone? Sorry? Uh, like Jay Firestone and that? Like no, uh, uh, Paul, Paul Fonten, uh Paul Rapowski and uh, Plato Fontadax. There's a lot of executive producers oh, on okay. that show. Yeah, yeah. And to get it going is a lot of work. So yeah. it's 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 a pretty intense That's um, cool. kind of way of getting it out there. And even you know, even the guys who wrote the script are very different from who actually developed it in the first place. So there's yeah. a lot of like it's a lot of, you know, just a lot of politics. Trying to get a show going into a network is so intense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's so cutthroat and it's yeah. really insane. And a lot of lot of hoops to jump through. But that's yeah. really cool that you get, I mean, you get to see a really cool technical side of things. But at the same time, you also see the development side, too. Yeah, um, yeah. I learn a lot from it. I yeah, learn a lot cool. from, um, you know, uh, producing a show and writing to directing to, you know, just everything, really. So, and it's, it's a great education for me so now I'm kind of just putting it all into play and lately there's been a lot of stuff going on so I'm kind of you know I'm in the middle of all of it and that's why you know you know trying to do comic books I really am trying to push to get to keep that going yeah <laughs> so it's like really it's really hard well I mean I'm I'm like my my sort of progression into the television industry has been one almost of necessity because there is a lot of work there there is a way yeah. to sort of it's a creative industry where there is an opportunity to really make a living in a lot of different ways Whereas right. comics are very specific. You're yeah. either a writer or an artist or, yeah. you know, I mean, in some very small cases, you end up being an editor or something in, like, in-house in the, you know, oh, sort yeah. of, but that's super rare and mm -hmm. very, like, that's only in a couple of cities that the, the oh, opportunity yeah. even exists. For sure. Um, so, I mean, for you, is, is comics, like, your first love or is it? That was the reason why a, I did anything. Yeah. That was literally the only thing that was in my mind. I was, like, 10 years old and I was, like, I met, my brother was copying Spider-Man, yeah, and I wanted to do the same thing. And after that, I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And it was because as I was trying to do all that, I got pulled away from so many directions from other careers that I thought was cool and interesting, and I tried them, and I just kept trying that. That's why I'm like, I want to go back into comic books and do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like. In, in a field like comics where, you know, it's it's not exactly a high-paying industry and it's a very sought-after kind of job, you really have to love doing it yeah. to even, like, to, to get good at it because you have to do a lot of work yeah. and to get people's attention and you have to really love doing it. Otherwise, it, man, it's not really the best, best I, use of your time. You I know? tell everybody about, like, you know, people making companies and doing things. They're just like, there's no money in comic books. 
because they're, they're they see things in millions of dollars. And oh like, yeah, it's never gonna reach that. And I'm like, no, I, I don't do it because I want to make money. I do it because. I, it's, it's not a choice. Yeah. I, I just have to draw. It's the best way to, it's the cheapest way to make a story. Yeah, and well, that's actually exactly right. Um, I mean, as a creative outlet, like nothing really gives you the kind of storytelling opportunity the way comics does because you are your own budget. Like, it's not like a movie oh, where yeah. it's like, okay, well, we can't, you know, we can't fly a, dra a dragon in because that's going to be an extra $2 million, so we can't do that. Mm -hmm. But we can have a paper mache lizard come on screen for five seconds. Yeah. Uh, you know, like... You know, exactly. Like, in comics, like, it's like, you want a dragon? Just draw a fucking dragon. Even, like, computer go. animation. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can, only, you can only risk a certain amount of budget for feature sets and then ones that are kind of, like, you can kind of use, like a hallway or whatever to kind of reuse that. But if you have a, a feature set, you have to pick, you know, maybe in your budget you only have one or two. Yeah. It's the same way, it, it, you know, whether it's live action or CG, it's all expensive. That's right. And it's just like, you know, like me, I'm, I'm also trying to do a short film right now. Yeah. And I'm trying to, I'm talk, talking to a few people about financing. So it's like, I can't even move an inch unless I got that going. Yeah. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like in comic books, you, you go don't home have that. Yeah. And you just draw. That's right. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. I mean, really, the only budgetary constraint is printing, getting yep. stuff out to people yep. that way. And that's why I love about Kickstarter. Yeah. Because then you go, oh, well, I did all this thing and I need to get it printed. Exactly. Can you guys help me out? And everybody just, you know, you do a Kickstarter and they will, everybody will be there for you. Well, and that's, I mean, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it, it's more and more you see examples of that happening. I mean, yeah. we had I, we had Jason Liu yeah. just a few weeks ago. Yeah. And he's one of the, the best examples in, like, you know, in, in the area of yeah. someone who, you know, he had a great product. He had it ready for, yeah. pretty much ready to go. He, but he couldn't afford to, like, like you know, shell out a few thousand dollars to get it printed. Yeah. So we took it to Kickstarter, and boom, you yeah. know, like he got that funded pretty handily. Yeah. Uh, because it was a great book, like yeah. you know, and that's the thing. So if you have a good product, and you just need, you know, like, and you just need to get out to people, Kickstarter is great for that. He was an inspiration. Like it's funny because like he did a lot of those costume uh, cosplaying, right? Yeah, yeah. And I knew him way before that. Yeah. And I was like, what's you know, not that I'm not knocking on cosplaying. Like I love cosplayers, but. When I see him, I see a creator. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what happened to the, the drawings? He did AWOL. He did Three Second Rule. He did the, the uh, Lou Harvest. Like, yeah. all these comic books. The guy makes comics all the time. Oh, yeah. And then... I was like seeing him constantly. I was like, "Well, th that means you're not doing a lot of drawing. What happened?" You know, I was like, "Except for it doesn't, which is what's really cool." Right. And yeah. so like he was like, "Oh, I come back," and he did like 52 pages, and it just yeah. humiliated me. I was yeah. like, "Oh man!" Like I'm telling this guy, suddenly, bam, 52 pages, and I haven't even heard anything from him. Exactly. Because well, you see your artist there just kind of going like, "Oh, I'm, you know, I, I want to do this." Yeah. No, it's like he just did it. It's like that's what I'm talking about. He well, really is a creator. Yeah, he absolutely is, and that's the thing. Anyone can be the the biggest thing is just your ability, your will to keep doing it, right? Yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think that's really great. Like, I mean, that's a that's a great way to look at it. And yeah. so I mean, I take it you've got projects of your own that you've kind of got in the works. Or? Yeah. Well, see, it's funny because I've, I've been talking to him a lot. Yeah. And we were. He was kind of like, well, what about decade? Because I did this book before. I right? did two issues of it, and my idea was to draw not the way I normally draw. I kind of lowered down my 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 uh, my style right. just so that I can focus on writing. Sure. And I wanted to get better at writing. So I did these two and he really liked them and then I kind of just stopped. But I did like eight chapters of it. So wow. it's somewhere. I drew about like four 
or whatever. So like all this stuff is just stuck somewhere and I haven't done anything with it. And he was like, well, why don't you do that? Like, and I was like, well, I was trying to do this other title. And then he's like, well, just do that first and then get to the next thing. And I was like, okay, maybe I should, maybe yeah. I should finish it. So now he's just kind of inspired me to just go and, you know, focus on that. So he's a big, he's a big uh, push of uh, inspiration, motivation. Well, sure. I think, yeah, and that's, uh, that's a really good way to look at it. I mean, he's obviously such a proactive and, and like, you know, yeah. in, he is an inspirational guy. But that's the right attitude to have. If you have a project, that see it through, you know, like yeah. bring it to completion. That being said, I like, I'm a firm believer in really moving on once a project is really done and, and yeah. like you don't hang on to the same idea forever yeah but if you have an idea and it's like you know you've got it there but it hasn't quite been fully realized work it through yeah, yeah. i mean so that's pretty cool so you says decade yeah it's called decade yeah okay. it's about um it's about a guy named charlie yeah and um he he gets laid off from his job which is drawing uh drawing a webcomic for a website okay. and then but the thing is he was pushing to to draw this other comic book that he wanted to do which is like a whole world that he developed but then he gets laid off he goes home and um he gets drunk with his friends and as he's going home he sees a cape and he takes on this cape and it flies him and suddenly he gets warped into another world which is the world that he created the comic book that he did so oh, now cool. he's in his own it's a cool world yeah it's got sort of like a meta narrative there yeah. that's really cool i mean those are always really fun stories that you can kind of tell some really interesting kind it, of i i wanted to kind of reflect it on the fact that like you know it was a time when i you know i i my i had a company and i, I know i lost all the money and everything because yeah. of the recession that happened and sure. everything kind of fell apart and every all my friends around me was it was all about losing jobs yeah it was all about laying off and all that stuff so i was like man and i just woke up like in the middle of the night and just like thought this is what i had to do so i drew that comic that the first chapter in like a week yeah and it was great it was so invigorating and i just i love drawing that the the, the style but because it's not it's not as much detail yeah i wanted to do something else so i basically as i finished it i was like i kind of want to do something else and yeah. i just i kind of left it as is and now i kind of want to get back to it and finish it so well I, I mean speaking completely personally with no real knowledge of it i think you absolutely should because <laughs> i mean personal stories are usually going to yield the most interesting narrative because i mean if it's coming from a like a really personal place you're going to like maybe maybe someone's told that story that like basic concept before right no one's gonna tell it the way you, you're telling it though right. because yeah. it's your experience it's the way that you went through all of these oh, yeah. situations so yeah i mean that sounds really cool and i i hope that you are able to see that through um if people do want to check it out or not check check it out necessarily but keep tabs on it and see what happens with it how can people uh, kind of keep track of your work uh well uh from my from my comic book stuff we started a website called uh, the sequentials.com and that's where we were uh, we were hoping to promote a lot of um just create our own content and anybody who wants to develop comic books so i'm gonna put mine out there uh Tea and everyone, yeah. they're all gonna, we're all gonna kind of combine and put that out there together as a collective. But um, my all, all of my my news and my updates are on my madsketch.com. All right. So that's that's M A D D or yeah, yeah. sketch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because then if I say mad, everybody thinks Joe Mad. Yeah. I'm copying him because apparently he took the name Mad. I don't know. I'm like, really, guys? Yeah. It's a it's a word. It's not a name. Exactly. <laughs> I I don't like to be honest. It wasn't even the first thing that popped in my no? head. but like Good. So what? <laughs> Whatever. Haters, <laughs> haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. Exactly. So, I mean, there we go. I mean, if anyone wants to, to check out that stuff, uh, it's thesequentials.com. Thesequentials.com. All right. Yeah. And, hey, who knows if, if any of you out there are inspired, reach out. Maybe you can be a collaborator on that. Yeah. 
And if any of you just a writer, yeah. Um, just um, we want we want to talk to writers if they want to find artists. We wanted to be able to link them up with artists. So That's they can fantastic because there's really it's really tough for a lot of writers to find you know a community of artists that want to yeah. work with writers. So yeah. I mean that's really great that you're providing that. All right. Yeah. Well, that's sketch. It was awesome talking to you. Awesome. And uh, I'm keenly looking out for, for Decade. I hope you see it through. I really, I really love this. It was actually really fun. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. We're going to do this just like last time. Just just kick it on randomly because, you know, that's how but we I'm like not, to do but things. But I'm not going to look at you while we're talking. No, no eye contact. No. Just like sex. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Getting naughty. Like last time. What is it's uh, all it's all history repeating itself, man. How many people have you interviewed today? A lot. Uh, whew, if I was to do a count, I mean, it's, shouldn't I have been first though? Well, you know what, Ricky was first. He beat you to the punch, which I think is fair because we Ricky. took up all the time in the last podcast when Ricky? Ricky was on. He hardly got to talk. Never heard of Ricky. Yeah, who's that guy? I mean, he's yeah, does this little book, his Black Hole Hunters Club. Uh, I, I heard know. of that. I heard that's the best book ever. Yeah, I've heard about that as well. Still I mean, not sure about this Ricky fella. <laughs> Well, he's, he's taking credit for someone else's work, it seems. I don't know. All right, let's do this. Are we? Do we have? Oh, an we're already doing it. I know, I know, I know. Well, agenda, not so or much. We're just, I mean, we're just we're rapping. We're just yeah, rapping. exactly. I mean, the whole thing with this is like, I just wanted to kind of give people an experience of what's like to be at Stadium's Free Comic Book Day, even though they should already be is at this, Stadium's Free Comic Book Day. Is this Day. not the best Free Comic Book Day event? Like, it's it is. Here. In my opinion, like I've never seen as big an event, and I've been to other stores Free Comic Book Days. Like this is. Is bananas. Yeah, other, I mean, other stores do have it, but this yeah. lineup is like around the, the yeah. hallway and it's been here all, it's still here. Exactly. It, it, it's been like this since nine in the morning. It is now like, you know, one, one thirty, and it's still the exact same. I think part of it is um, like Kev. Kept just uh, like a lot of things that people don't realize is just something so simple like sending out a press release yep. about your event and getting it in the paper, right? Exactly. Like, and the malls really, they give us a huge space this year. Yeah. This, we have like an artist alley. This is really like It's like a mini con. Alley. Yeah, it is. Which I thought, like, see, I was saying that last year about their event because there was, you know, a lot of artists and stuff. This is actually like a mini con. Like, there's a whole area for artists. There's a merch stand. There's a comic book store. Not, not a a lot of conventions have that actually but still it's pretty pretty impressive yeah man and um did they did you guys talk about um with anyone that apparently this the mall shoppers world yeah. is doing a comic art thing they're oh i didn't hear about that a actually a bunch of us are going to give them our art and then they're going to like post it up somewhere in the mall which oh sweet I thought that was pretty cool so you're in on that i take it yeah man i guess i don't know i brought um, all my art so that they i don't i don't know if they're looking for prints or what that's no big deal. You bring your art everywhere. You just show it well, off. I have You're original like, and I brought prints and like my art's the best, right? I, I see you walking <laughs> down the street all the time. And just be like, look at this. Isn't it yeah. great? Yeah. Do you know who did this? I did. <laughs> I did it. It's like, uh, do you know that story about uh, Steven Seagal? No, but please tell me. <laughs> uh, I think it was, I can't remember. I think it was Rob Schneider or something. He was, he was telling this story about uh, when he did a movie with Seagal and um, Steven Seagal came out of like a trailer or something like that and he's like oh, I just my mind is blown I just read the most amazing script and he was like oh who wrote it and he's like I did <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, like, I don't, you I don't know, know it's got to be so good. Too. I don't even know, like, I don't know if that's true, but I, I want it to be true so bad, <laughs> yeah. like that. And like, if anyone knows Steven Seagal, it probably happened, right? Yeah, like, I just, I want that mythos of him as a character, as a human being, to be true. Oh yeah, you he's know? like, I could talk Steve. We we could do a Steven Seagal podcast weekly. And just that would be a, an like, amazing podcast. Yeah. Oh my the god. Stigall, the Stigall cast. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Let's do oh, it. Oh man, we can just go on and on about how he was completely robbed by not getting a bigger part in executive decision. Like, <laughs> what was that about? I never watched it, but I heard he died in the first like thirty seconds or yeah, like, like it was five easy, minutes. Yeah, like first five minutes. Yeah, I that's crazy. But kid, I mean, I am a Kurt Russell fan. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm not, not gonna... even saying it's a bad movie. I I enjoyed that movie. I'm not saying it's a good movie, though, because I don't remember it well enough. But all I know is that I was so stoked as a kid being like, oh, I love Steven Seagal. He's the coolest. I don't know why I thought that ever, but I did. Because he was the coolest, man, when we were kids. He was always a big, out-of-shape lug. Oh, man, he was in good shape in his early days. He was, like, thin. I don't know. I don't know. Thanks. Um, I recommend everyone go on YouTube and uh, look up Steven Seagal. Just search for Steven Seagal runs like a girl. <laughs> and it's the funniest. It's just a montage or a collection of all him running in movies. And he literally, he, he does a weird thing where he doesn't like move his arms. It's like, it's really, it's really weird. But oh it's my great. God. Yeah, like Steven Seagal is truly a classic action hero. Yeah, but he was cool though, right? I mean, I thought so. I know when I was a kid, I remember loving Steven Seagal and Steven Seagal movies. I don't understand why in hindsight, but I know I did. Because so when executive decision happened, it, I was I was gutted when I saw that he was gone in the first five minutes. I was like, because he wasn't doing like flashy moves. He was like breaking dudes' arms left to right. It was crazy. Yeah. And they, there was always that thing about how it's like really practical and he he really trained people to do this. Really? Because he did a lot of karate chop type stuff. I don't know. I like. I'm not gonna lie. I've spent many hours on YouTube watching Steven Seagal things, <laughs> and I've really watched like people trying to disprove his Aikido stuff. And um, they, there's videos on like why does it translate to mixed martial arts properly? Although I guess it does because he's literally actually training with Anderson Silva and Leo Machida. That's, that's insane. I thought it was a joke at first because those are actually my two favorite fighters. Yeah. And I thought I was just like, how is this? Someone like someone's how is this making not a, a very joke? specific prank on yeah, you. Yeah, I kept waiting for Anderson Silva to wink at the camera and be like, yeah, I'm training with you. But he like they're like Sensei Seagal and. Uh, wow. They do the, the. They both had front kick knockouts, and they were like, "Yeah, learned it from Steven Seagal." And I was like, "He doesn't even kick. He never even his prime. He didn't even he kick. He can he can instruct on how to kick. He yeah. himself <laughs> anatomically can't kick. Yeah, but he can tell you how to kick. Well, he can kick with his fists. Well, the, that's how good he is. The martial art of the keto, because there's those videos of him just taking on like six dudes at a time. Wow. And they're kind of demonstrations, and then but I think some of it is guys really coming at him, and some of it is. Like it's a it's a demonstration, so it's worked. The guys are kind of diving and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, there's some real good stuff in there where he's throwing dudes around. <laughs> that's that's amazing. You're blowing my mind right now. Oh, I gotta dude, be honest. like don't get me started on Steven Seagal, <laughs> and do not get me started on Van Damme. Oh yeah, well I I love Van Damme. Like I love Van Damme. I love Van Damme too. Yeah. I love I love like 80s B yeah. movies action, action heroes. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're great. Oh man, but uh, let's let's try and talk a little bit about Free Comic Book Day. Why? I, guess. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, there's not really a point to it. We can you talk about action heroes. You probably talked about all heroes. that stuff with everyone else. That's true, but <laughs> you've got your own things. You've got a yeah. sketchbook. 
for you know that you got out today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me plug Black Hole Hunter. Or oh, Ricky probably did that already. He right? did, but by all means, like I mean, you know, talk about just your sketches and stuff. Like, for, let me just go to the Black Hole Hunters Facebook page, please, yes. and like that. Yeah, he didn't talk about that. So yeah, yeah well, get on gotta, the Facebook. page. Always got to plug that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, oh, so I'm behind on issue five which is the first time where I've actually fell very behind on this book. Shame so on we, you. We put out four issues relatively uh, when we wanted them. Right. But uh, issue five, I've actually been getting work that uh, <laughs> is taking up my time. It's funny how that whole, like, getting paid to do stuff thing gets yeah, in the way. I hate that. Exactly. So um, I had to kind of prioritize that stuff first. And uh, so now... so. It, the plan was to have Black Hole Hunter issue five for Free Comic Book Day, which didn't happen. It'll probably be done by the end of the month. But um, in yeah. the meantime, Ricky wanted to have something to show at this new, um, at the something, event, yeah, something new for the show. So I gave him all of my concept art, everything I had, just every piece of Black Hole Hunters art, even from. The early stuff before it was the Black Hole Hunters was just like something I was kind of working on. Just like alien concepts? Yeah, yeah. and uh, Ricky, um, and he did it all himself. He put all the art together and made a mini little sketchbook that we're selling yeah. here, and it's it's actually pretty cool. We were talking about how he was harkening back to like the zine roots of indie comic making. Yeah, man. Doing it all himself by hand, and it does look really great. It's, it's a nice little book. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, people well, should be checking it out. Go into the Facebook page if they can't be here today, which they should be here, but, you know. Why aren't you here? I know. Why are you listening to this? Why well, aren't you I actually, here? like, I always talk about my first comics that I ever did. Um, it was the same idea, and I, there's something really nice about, um, like, printing the books at, like, I, I don't know where he printed these, but I did mine at, like, a Staples, you know, yep. figure out how to double side all that stuff myself, made a bunch of errors, and then uh, did the uh, eight and a half by 11 sheets, folded it in half, and you have yeah. a booklet. Like an Ashcan kind of book, right? E exactly. Yeah. Those are, and that, this one is, like, a mini Ashcan, although yeah. an Ashcan is, like, mini already. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, this I, I really like books like that. There's something really nice about them. It's a cool, like, it's a very handcraft aesthetic. I think it's really cool. I mean, one guy that does them better than well I mean to the point where it doesn't even feel like it's handmade is Brian Avenue with his his silk screen covers and stuff yeah he um have you talked to uh, well you were with us that night where he was doing he was inking his new book that he's that's right do. I he think got that done or like he's like within yeah he know, was on pace to do it and he was doing a couple I think he's pages got like, a day or whatever I think he's only got a couple pages left to ink I think so he's on page pace to do it stuff or tough enough I, yeah. I don't know the exact name but he's debuting it at um, TCAP. TCAP. yeah and it like I like Brian Avenue's art. This is the best stuff he's ever done. It looks oh, yeah. so great. His storytelling looks so much improved. There's space. It's really wonderful. Oh yeah, it's it like it's groundbreaking stuff. And he's, you're right. His stuff is already yeah. great. If you guys are at TCAF, if this comes out before then, probably it will. Won't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then check out Brian. But he also has an art book that he's releasing, and they're like leather bound. I think he's only releasing eight or something. Wow. That's it. That's like you can't even call that a release at that point. That's like just a like an like a hush hush thing so yeah. you probably just like totally you know let the cat out of the bag on that one that you probably no, should no, no. I'm I, like he's he had it on his blog so oh, it's not okay. like a secret or anything like that yeah who reads blogs no nah, but that's really cool i mean like a leather bound book is just man yeah, that's there's the pinnacle really of really nice printing like a book bounding yeah. binding 
Yeah, there's something really nice. Well, there's just something I think is really cool. And maybe it's just nostalgia for my first comics, but like that. Well, it's also what got me into comics was I read the. I think Jim Mafood did a, a thing in Wizard, and it was how to make your own mini comics. And that's what yeah. like pushed me into actually end up doing comics actually start printing my own comics and do it. It was like looking at a made comic and going to printer to me that was too daunting. Yeah. But seeing that you could do it all yourself, I thought like, oh, okay. If Jim Afford put it out there so that I, I can I can do that. Like yeah. that's not absolutely intangible, unreal to me and that, that really helped me. Um, so and there's something really nice about stapling them yourself, folding them, yeah. making sure they're all in order. Like it sounds tedious but like uh, I think Ricky did these sketchbooks, like him and his girlfriend got together for a couple hours, put them together. When I first did it, the girl I was dating at the time, she we spent a night putting them together. It's like it's kinda of fun, right? That's awesome. I mean it it'd be cool to see almost more of that, especially on something like Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, where people absolutely. are just like hand out ash cans and stuff, like really proliferate comics. Yeah, I like. Yeah. Um, I remember when before Jeff Lemire got really big, yeah, he we'd see him at RS Alley's. He'd have little ash cans of like upcoming stuff he was working on. Yeah, and I have a few of those, and I like I cherish them so much. I mean, he's kind of a darling of the indie comic world too, in a lot of ways, in terms of the way that he came up and did his thing. Yeah, so. yeah I love Jeff Lemire, and I love that he's having the success he is now. Oh, me too. Because uh, I remember seeing him in 2007 in Artist Alley, and he just had his Tales of the Farm and Lost Dogs. Yeah. And I'd never seen, like, that's what really influenced my inking, was I'd never seen someone just with a brush do something so raw like that. Yeah. And some people shit on his style, but I think it's so wonderful. Well, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's not an artist's art, right? Like, I mean, he's not a traditionally trained artist that's not where he came from he he very much developed it on his like himself yeah absolutely. i love it though I, I agree i think it's like it's a very unique look that's i like you can't mistake a jeff lemire no. drawing like you know it's him and it's not like it's like i mean it does look raw but it still looks i think it looks strong to me well, it's especially still if you go strong. back to his early like his lost dog oh his yeah this one Which i is, have um like the original run of it yeah and mine's like falling apart because i've read it so many times but that's awesome. It's it's such a like his art style has developed even more since then. It's really raw and murky and but I it's something very beautiful about it. Too, Absolutely. Right? And I think it's I, if I remember correctly, it was just like I think it's just black and white and red. Yeah, you know that's exactly I mean? and, right. And it, like if you've read Lost Dogs, which you should. I have actually. Oh my, it's a really cool oh, I was heartbreaking to the, I was story. To the oh yes, of course. I no, just wanted oh, yeah. to, I just <laughs> wanted to show my indie yeah, yeah. comic cred. Be like, yeah, I've read that. Yeah, oh, no big yeah. deal. It's because uh, they've released newer versions and that's right uh, yeah it's it's so sad it is it's heartbreaking but well, it's, that, that's it's what's great about story. Jeff Lemire that people I think because um, I have people come over and they, they'll you know because art is very important to me and I think his art's great but a lot of people will go oh mm, I could do better or yeah. whatever but um, I think I forgot what I was saying <laughs> indie comics talking about him making his own stuff yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't right. know where I was going with well, that. Well, I mean, but his stuff's beautiful and I love it. Yeah. And it, well, I think just, I guess, to just sort of wrap that point up is that, you know, he's a guy that's achieved tremendous success and he's a guy that started out that way. There's yeah. no reason to say that, like, that really old school way of getting your work out there, there's nothing wrong with it. You yeah, know? absolutely. Like it's, it's totally, it's a great way to do well, things. I know what I was going to say. Uh, basically, so, like, with Tales of the Farm stuff, well, yeah. Essex County, but the, the first book I got was Tales of the Farm and yeah. Lost Dogs. That's the brilliance of Jeff Lemire's art and his uh, writing. writing is 
like it's very hard to in comic books it's hard to really evoke emotion yeah like the walking dead does it every once in a while where they have those moments where you're like oh my god yeah like i don't like to be sad but i do (laughs) want jeff lemire to make me sad sure and i love he does it so well he does it so well and it like it's like but it's with any type of emotion right it's hard to um it's hard it's really hard to make someone laugh out loud in a comic book right? absolutely and you know there's certain artists like uh, Doug Monk does that very yeah. well when his major bummer series and stuff like that but yeah so there's something really beautiful about just the sadness of Jeff Lemire's uh, storytelling and his art it's beautiful yeah oh <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more but We're, anyway let's let's stop gushing on Jeff Lemire why um, well because you know I think I think we can find another time to give him love but yeah, Anyway, let's. I, I'm gonna wrap this up. Yeah, this Shane, was great. Thank as usual, you. we could talk forever, but we'll do yeah, it again. Like you guys have Black Hole Hunters Club coming out, number issue number five. Hopefully, hopefully by the end of the month. You that, said? That's the plan. It should be. Uh, right. I'm starting. My schedule's clearing up a bit, so uh, yeah, I'm working on my uh, a monstrosity story that's up next. Fantastic. Uh, and I'm really trying to do weird stuff with the panel layout. Like it's gonna look very different than anything I've done. Cool. Uh, and I've been really challenged, and I'm trying to up my game for it. So it's gonna be really good and then yeah back with hunters issue five very soon awesome and as usual anyone who wants to find out about it can go to facebook.com slash black hole hunters club please do and you are at uh on twitter young shaney right at young shaney yeah there you go. i also if people like my art style i have a, a separate page uh facebook it's uh shane heron art there you go if you want to check that out please do which everyone should because your art is fantastic thank you very much all right cheers man thanks dude you wear many hats, don't you? I mean, yeah, like, I'm not, not literally. No, no, I'm not I, really I, a hat guy. Ah, I, I've got this green uh, army type of hat that I really like. Yeah, I wear that sometimes, but uh, I wasn't feeling it to be a hat day today. So, yeah. but figuratively, I do wear many hats. Yes, because yes. I mean, you're obviously probably most like I guess most people would recognize you from your television career in terms of being on uh, Electric Playground and being on Reviews on the Run. Correct. Uh, which is a very cool show I mean, it is pretty cool yeah. yeah it's it's weird that you know that it's a cool job <laughs> i i'm glad that comes across in oh, uh, I mean, the various things that we do well it just looks like i mean i i have yet to see something where it doesn't look like you guys aren't enjoying yourself while oh, you're right. doing yeah it. yeah well you know even if we're reviewing a game we don't particularly like we yeah. still have fun reviewing the game because you know we're uh we're passionate about these kinds of things and and we like telling people what we think yeah well. okay. we just like talking really we just love talking well, then, then I think you're in the right you're you're in the right profession, and it's it's clearly what I like to do because I, so that's why I'm doing this podcast yes, basically because I love the sound of my own voice. What's the name of your podcast, by the way? It's Geeky On Geeky On Podcast. Geeky Young, Geeky On like Geeky E-O-N. On. Oh yeah. yes, yeah, it's, excellent. It's a weird thing that's not a weird it's not really a word, but uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm getting I past some face. pizza as we speak. So. Well, I mean that's all right. You it's, know, priorities. Gotta yeah, eat, there we go. You know? No, I'm I'm not going to eat during the podcast. No, That'll that, just be weird. I appreciate that, but it's good Thanks to have so food at the ready. Do you want some pizza? as well if I'm good got, I think they I'm seem to have cheese and pepperoni varieties see this is this is what people are missing out by not being at stadium comics today They're well mis- they don't well, get they the don't pizza. even get no. it anyway pizza's just for the talent like you and I <laughs> yeah exactly and uh, all the other artists over here because we're better than the rest no, of we're not no, better we're than not. we're no, just we're here longer than everyone <laughs> yeah I, I think it's, it's just sitting it's, behind a table for an yeah, entire day I think they're legally obligated to give us food if they're gonna have us be here in the entire day 
And if uh, they didn't give us food, I would start a riot. No problem. No, yeah. yeah. Oh, just it's it would have to happen. None of and this is actually usable material for your podcast. You I, would think so, you would think not, and yet it's all going on because this is all live, and I have no time to edit it. Okay. So, Yay. All right. Well, let's get to business. Yeah. Let's, let's get down let's to business. About, let's talk about something actually substantial, which is uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of wanted to touch on the your musical uh, work because okay. you do some really cool stuff where you have like really cool geek culture, nerd culture. Type things that tie into music. Oh, thank you. Uh, which, like, how did that come about? Because that's that's clearly not that many people do that. Uh, I don't know, really. I, it's um, it's weird to think back to like how long ago a lot of this stuff started because it has been going on for several years now uh, in the with the various projects. But actually, I've been doing music stuff longer than I've been working with EP and reviews on the run. Yeah. So uh, that's where I have a lot of my experience, just talking in front of people and you know holding my Microphones and yeah. that kind of thing, because I've done that before. I've been in various bands, a band called Cobra. Uh, CobraDestroys.com is the website for that. But uh, then I do a lot of solo stuff within the video game community. Like my DJ Finish Him name, yeah. I started doing music on music on tracker programs, um, and then started doing actual video game music, which is kind of cool because I was making yeah. music with video game software, and now music into video games, so it's kind of a, re of a, a reverse of that. Um, and uh, so I've got that project on the go, and it's just geeky by nature, you know? Yeah. I think we're all products of our environment and our own influences as far back as they go, and even things that you wouldn't think would influence you, they really have, yeah. even yeah, even if you're not thinking about it. So, you know, I put a lot of that into the music that I do, and uh, you know, now I've got Laser Destroyer team going on, on the go for our next uh, for the next game soundtrack that I'm working on. I'm working with some other gentlemen who are also in the video... Not They're not in the video game world. They're in the music world. Yeah. But they're getting into the video game world via this project. And we're working together on a game called Always, Sometimes Monsters. So today at uh, Free Comic Book Day, I'm selling the EP, the preview EP awesome. for that game. So that's cool. You kind of get a, a slice of that video game in like a part of what that video game's going to be even before the game's out. Yeah, yeah. It's, which is uh, awesome. I assume the game's not out. Sorry. The game's not out. No, yeah. it's coming out May 21st on Steam. Awesome. And it'll be packaged with um, the full soundtrack as well. So if you want to pick up the game on its own, you could do that. But if you want the game and soundtrack, it's like a few dollars more. You can get like a full 25-track soundtrack, which is awesome. I love games doing that. Like, yeah. uh, I, well, one thing that's cool, like when the Humble Bundle does their thing, they usually have the soundtracks as well. And there's yeah. some great ones. Like uh, Sword and Sorcery uh, EP has an, a mind-blowing soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jim Guthrie did an amazing job Which on that. Insane. Yeah, it's one of my favorite video game soundtracks. Yeah, and uh, Bastion was another one as well that really stuck yeah, out for me. Yeah, Bastion's like, a great soundtrack too. What's fun is that uh, being um, in that community and just the way that the uh, internet's allowed small musicians and small publishers to get their work out there. It's fantastic because you got sites yeah. like Bandcamp where you could see all these soundtracks, you can listen to them, you can stream them all for free. And uh, when I did work on the video game They Bleed Pixels under the name DJ Finish Him, yeah. it was really neat seeing my soundtrack up there on like the popular page with the Bastion soundtrack oh, wow. and the Sorcery soundtrack, you know, and it felt good. Like since then 
the They Bleed Pixel soundtrack has fallen off. You know, it had a very high, quick spike when that game first came out. It yeah. lasted a few months and then trailed off. But those soundtracks, those other soundtracks have maintained their popularity. So it was neat to, at one time, see my name up there with Jim Guthrie and, yeah. you know, all that other stuff. So That's yeah. awesome. Well, the, the funny thing, too, with that is that it's not even necessarily a reflection on the, the soundtrack itself, but also, to, to a certain extent, the popularity of the game, too. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah like, for sure. Games like Sword and Sorcery and, and Bastion have both kind of maintained a certain level of prestige among indie games. This is true, and actually with both of those games, they've had the benefit of not being restricted to just one platform, yeah. right? Bastion was Xbox Live Arcade, came out on the iPad. I think it's one of the best iPad games. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorcery started wow. out on iOS, but now it's since been moved to uh, Steam. Steam, yeah. So it, every time a game is released on a new platform, even if it's an older game, you're going to get more people who yeah. otherwise wouldn't have played the game to notice it and see, like, oh, yeah, look at this game that was out before. I don't have an iPad, but now I've got a computer. I can yeah. play it on that. Well, I know, like, for myself, that's been the case. I mean, a game like Fez, I had to wait until it came out for PC because right. I just didn't have an Xbox at the time. And, like, you know, I was I was eager to get it as soon as it came out because that's a game that, you know, I knew was interesting. I knew I wanted to try. Yeah. And I just had... So, I mean, having that multi-platform sort of launch definitely adds to the longevity of a game, obviously. For sure. Yeah, but... Um, that's that's actually a really interesting thing, sort of like the the music industry side of it, as well as, I mean, do you ever find there's any sort of a conflict between, uh, like your game reviewing and then just the fact that you you're involved in the video game community uh, from the music side? Or? Yeah, well, there's obviously that. Um uh, the potential for conflict of interest. Yeah. I would never review a video game that I've personally worked on. Yeah. So that, makes, that has never that happened. Sense. That never will happen. Um, but it's it's weird. I mean, on the show, I'm a character. You know, I'm me. Yeah. But it's just a part of who I am. It's like like you can't watch the show and think you know everything about me. Like it's just impossible. And uh, and I try to bring that across that you know, this is the kind of stuff that I like and. People People who watch the show, who are into sort of the same kinds of things as me, now know that you know if I recommend something, maybe they'll also like it. Yeah, and it's not—it's not a case of uh, like I'm not—I don't consider myself like a be-all, end-all. Like this is the stuff that's amazing, and you should. Like it's more of a recommendation. Like if you like the kinds of stuff that I do, chances are you're gonna like that. Um, but yeah, there's the whole other side of what I do, and sometimes it comes up on the show, is especially if I'm working on a story about a musical gadget, I sure. try to make a, a track with that gadget, That's and awesome. then they feature it in the show, possibly yeah. in the same segment. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. There's some crossover, lots of crossover. That's cool. I mean, that it's nice that you have two different sort of in, like sort of fields that you work in that you can find that overlap. Yeah. In a nice sort of synchronous sort of way. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. And, sorry, one more thing I wanted to touch on, though, before I let you go, is um, you also host, like, an event at Fan Expo pretty much every year, right? Yes, every single year for the past... Uh, this is going to be my fifth year doing a Nerd Noise Night. Yeah, and it, cool. Talk about it that. grows uh, every single year. And, actually, I'll give you some exclusive info. I guess people Ooh. listening to this for the first time will now know that Nerd Noise Night this year is going to be two nights instead of one. Wow. So we'll have a Friday night concert and a Saturday night concert. Blowing the doors off the hizzy. Well, we Hopefully. found that it's been it's been uh, more popular than we could have ever imagined. Did you have to turn people down last year? Is that We always it? unfortunately yeah. have to turn people down. A lot of people who uh, uh, who come by the table at Fan Expo sometimes 
times, it's been picking up steam and momentum, and so yeah. now a lot more people are aware of it. And uh, some people will be like, oh yeah, I've heard of it, I'll come by later and pick up tickets. But chances are, if you don't pick up tickets now at Fan Expo or online, it's very hard to get in. Wow. Because the lineup outside the venue has gotten to the point where, you know, lots of people are just by virtue of numbers and capacity, a lot of people aren't going to be able to get in. So yeah. it's it's sad to turn people away, but at the same time, it's also kind of cool to turn people away. Well, because it's encouraging because it means that there's a demand. Right? Yeah, there's I mean, a demand for it. this kind of thing. And what we're hoping for is now with the two nights, more people will be able to come out to see it. I mean, yeah. you're going to have people who come out to both nights, but maybe they'll see the lineup and be like, you know, I'm more into the Friday, light, Friday lineup. I'll yeah. just go on Friday. Or they might be into the Saturday lineup more and just go on the Saturday. Saturday, but the benefit is uh, we keep the ticket price low. It's ten dollars, which for a show in Toronto is a pretty good deal. It's next to nothing. And yeah. we're getting five, six acts performing, so it comes works out to like two dollars or under two dollars per performance. And uh, and we've got good sponsors. We've got lots of people who come on board: Microsoft Canada, Sony Canada, Ubisoft, Nintendo. Yeah. And they all give free prizes. That's amazing. We just give away to people, and uh, and it, it's got a good vibe. I, I really like the vibe and as a performer, it's one of the best crowds that you can hope for. That's awesome. Because people are right up front from the get-go. They're really into it. They're singing along. They're sweaty. They're, uh, <laughs> as any good concert should be. It's good. You know? it's, like, it's just a really good vibe and it's so much fun to do. And I actually, I don't take any money away from it. Like all the money that is made at the door goes towards paying off uh, advertising and uh, the stage manager and the sound guy the people who work the door, and then the performers take the rest of the money. So, so it's yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's about providing the event for the fans. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh, for sure, for sure. It's something to do. I mean, yeah. Fan Expo is amazing yeah. in that there's so much stuff going on during the day. But a lot of people come to Toronto from outside of town, yeah. and they want something to do at night. So for sure. this is like you uh, don't want to just go back to your hotel room. Yeah, right? and it's cool because you get a lot of people who may not necessarily go to a rock show or a rap show showing up, and then they're like, hey, this is something that's neat. There's a lot of people who have discovered acts at Nerd Noise Night and then gone on to see their other concerts around town, yeah. which is, uh, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. It's all about discovery and just getting people into cool things. Well, that's fantastic. So there you go, people. You heard it. Get your tickets now because it's going to be an amazing event. Two nights this year. Yeah, so, two nights. Nerd Noise Night. That's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll definitely be getting a ticket and checking it out. Awesome. Sean, it's been awesome talking to you. Thank you all so right. much. Cheers. So we're going to get going with that. All right, so I am sitting here with Phil McClory, who is, uh, I guess your your latest credit would be um, one of the uh, editors of uh, Monstrosity, you were saying? Yeah, I'm one of the co-editors on the book. Myself and Brian Avenue put that together uh, last year. And now we're working on volume two, because we're crazy like that. Which is awesome. I mean, the first book was, I would definitely call it a success. I mean, you guys, uh, you you, you successfully crowdfunded it. So right away, I think that gets some credit, because that's not not an easy thing to do. Yeah, we uh, last, I guess it would be last May, we ran an Indiegogo campaign, and we were able to fund the book. uh, And we went over 
over a little bit. Which so we were we were very excited about that for sure. Yeah, I mean that's got to be uh, like a huge sort of boon to have that that funding going in, you know, to be able to produce one of these books because it can't be cheap. I mean, no, yeah, and to be honest, I don't think you know it would be you know financially viable for me to do to do it any other way. So without something like Kickstarter or Indiegogo. I don't think those books would have been made um, at all. Yeah. You know? And if it, if it had been made, it would have been a, a significantly smaller scale. Yeah. Well, like, I think that would just only make sense, right? Yeah. I mean, well, prior to that, you did horror, uh, horror in the West. Yeah, right? horror in the West was like my first attempt at um, kind of bringing together a number of different artists and writers and doing a, a larger anthology book. Yeah. And that one, obviously, like that was pre-Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Uh, no, no, I, I did run an Indiegogo for oh, did you? Okay. it. Um, I didn't reach the goal but one of the beauties of Indiegogo is that you can do uh, you can do like flex funding and so that's what I had done with that book yeah so it just meant that I had a, a bit of a smaller print run yeah um, and I had to go a little bit out of pocket on but I'm pretty happy with the way it turned out I'm kind of just sitting on maybe like the last of a few copies and so it's it's sold through and I'm I was really excited to get that one out there you know there was there was quite an appetite for you know Western horror I was I was really surprised and happy to see uh, how people like just gravitated to the book. Well, it's a, it's a weird genre mashup that ends up working really well. I think for like, sure. I mean, um, the one one thing that jumps to mind the video game uh, like Red Dead Redemption did like a whole yeah. zombie version that was fantastic. And yeah. uh, it's those it's that grim western setting. Yeah, uh, it's that, so desolate and and desperate. Like people yes. in the West, it's like you know people are really like on the on the edge of survival to begin with sure. then you throw in some crazy supernatural shit yeah and it's it's perfect for it really without a doubt it works very well yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean I, I was a big fan of that book I, I picked oh, that one cool. up and Thank you. Uh, I did pick up Monstrosity and I noticed like the, the caliber of the work was definitely improved from one to the other I think like yeah I think after doing horror in the west uh, you know guys see that you're capable of doing things they, they generally dig the book and how it looks and yeah you know, they just got a lot of inquiries about if I was doing anything to follow up that and if they could be a part of it. And so it just, it mushroomed very nicely uh, into into monstrosity. And also, too, one of the big things is, um, you know, Horror in the West I had done myself, but by the end of that book, Brian kind of helped me with some title pages and things like that. And and uh, so we just got talking together and, you know, he, he really stepped up and helped out, obviously, a ton. Well, he's a co-editor on monstrosity. And so yeah. with him on board, he knew, obviously, a number of people in uh, the comic books industry in around Toronto and stuff and so we were just he was able to bring in uh, some really solid talent that you know helped helped elevate the quality of the book well I mean that's that's obviously uh, one of the biggest obstacles I would imagine in doing something like curating an anthology is um, you know attracting the, the the caliber of talent that you would want to have on the book and yeah, for sure. uh, having people like uh, compelled to work on it uh, do you find that the subject matter actually helps with that I mean like people love monsters people sure. love like horror right so, I yeah mean, yeah it's it's just a nice easy fit I it's a small commitment because they're just short stories, so anywhere from four to eight pages. Yeah. And um, yeah, everybody, we all grew up with monster movies, right? Godzilla, King Kong, uh, zombie stuff. So I think, and comics have always had, uh, there's always been a nice relationship between monsters and comics. Well, it's nice and pulpy, right? It's that sure. kind of stuff that it's like, it, it harkens back to the origins of the industry of being sort of like that. Yeah, you the know, eerie, the creepy, yeah. those types of old uh, old comics, without a doubt. Yeah, exactly. It's like, It predates that superhero era of comics yeah. which is really cool um so i mean with with monstrosity too is it the same kind of story it's gonna be like another step up in at least in your opinion yeah oh, for sure um again we were able to attract uh, a number of new creators to the book yeah. uh, specifically i think we really focused on a lot of new writers 
And so we've got, you know, the Kill Shakespeare guys, uh, Connor McCreary and Anthony Delcol, they've contributed some stories. Right on. Um, so we're excited to see how those turn out, uh, just to name a couple of guys. Um, we're really excited about the, the cover artwork, James Stoku contributed oh. that and it uh, it looks phenomenal so we're really excited for you know everyone to finally see that we're gonna probably release that a couple of weeks before we launch the Kickstarter we're gonna try to get some buzz going on the book and then yeah. hopefully launch and it'll be uh, it'll be as successful if not more so than the first one well I, I hope that's the case do you know when you're planning on uh, doing the Kickstarter campaign or is that still kind uh, it's, of it's still world? fluid um, yeah. probably a month to six weeks I think okay I think that's what we're kind of shooting for we still need to put a, a few more pieces in place yeah. Before we can do that properly. So, yeah, we want to make sure that everything is just aligned very nicely. And so we're not going to rush it. Well, it makes sense. I mean, you got to do it the right way. And it's yeah. got to be tough with all these different artists and writers. It's got to be like hurting cats. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, well, they're just, they're very busy individuals. Right? Well, yeah. And so, I mean, that in is, no, no means in a negative sure. way. It's just like it's a lot of different people with a lot of their own things they're juggling. And then you got to juggle all their, their work too. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of coordinating that's, that's involved in it. And so, uh, yeah, it, it just takes a lot of time to put it together right. You know, don't rush it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Is there yeah, anything thanks. else that you're working on right now that you want to talk about? Or? Um, yeah. I'm kind of I've been playing around with the idea of, of doing another short like just a personal anthology book and uh, so I've got three three short stories now that are currently finished that I've just been kind of sitting in the vault and I think it might be time to release them so I'll probably have that out for Fan Expo or even I'm going down to Boston Comic Con the beginning of August oh cool and uh, so I might have I might just do a small print run for, for those two shows nice little, like a little you know mini comic Nice. And uh, yeah. so is Monstrosity 2, is that, are you shooting like last time for a uh, fan expo release? Uh, I, I don't know. Not? Again, yeah, we're going to play around with the timelines. Yeah. Uh, we're not certainly not going to try to rush it to get it ready for the show because I think I think the Kickstarter will be more valuable than, than you know, Telling making sure that it premieres at, at fan expo. Not that we would, you know, I'd love to have it ready, but if it's ready, it's ready. And if it's not, it's not. Well, I think that's the right attitude to have too because ultimately it, when you're doing something that's crowdfunded, the priority, the first priority should be to oh, the doubt. backers, right? I mean, that should be... Yeah. Yeah. First people that you're like you know hold beholden to not sure. the people that are not the fans at fan expo you know although you know those people are great too and without doubt you want to be able to service them i've too. had a lot of support obviously you know attending fan expo it's been great the fans at fan expo are awesome but i always i get a lot of people now who are coming back to my tables year after year and so you, you build up relationships and yeah, those, that show's a lot of fun. All right. Well, that's fantastic. Thanks, Phil. I, I know well, I'm looking forward to the book, um, and uh, I'll, I'll be sure to sort of keep people in the loop about it as it progresses. I know right that... I uh, appreciate that. Yeah, when it comes up on Kickstarter, I'll be sure to let people know. Awesome. Thank you very much. Cheers. All right. All right, there we go. So, I am sitting here now with Dill Cloffer. Uh... Cloffer, yeah, sorry. Hey. I, I made the same mistake as I did last time. Amazing. This is our second go because I was an idiot and I didn't record before. Uh, so, yeah, Dill Cloffer. Um, and we are talking to you, sir, about uh, Russian zombie hat. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just confirm with me here. I don't yeah. want to mess anything up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm embarrassed to be doing this. This is the second time now on the podcast's history that I've made that mistake. So feel honored. You're among, like, story company. Yeah. It was basically just you and the first podcast that I, that I screwed up. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, so, Dil, you're, you're a cartoonist, illustrator. How would you define yourself? Um, <laughs> I like to be known as a cartoonist, yeah. uh, a creator. I don't like to... Um, just say artist because then people think I don't write or writer or 
Yeah. So I, I just like to be creator. You know, I, I like to take it from, you know, layouts and plot all the way to like self-published book. Which is, I mean, that's the true nature of a real cartoonist. I yeah. think is that that real have the full ownership over the visual medium and have mm -hmm. like a sequential comic. And so yeah, you you do this book, uh, Russian Zombie uh, Zombie Hat, and, and tell us a little bit about what that's about. Um. It's uh, it's drawn like a kids comic, but it's for adults. It's supposed to yeah. kind of be like a like a B horror film, okay. But like in cartoony comic form, like if like the maker of Captain Underpants or Scooby Doo wanted to make like a really bad B movie, <laughs> like a Romero, level, yeah, kind of like Land yeah. of the Dead, yeah. That's awesome. And so I mean, uh, <laughs> and. With this, like, is it basically just a post-apocalyptic zombie story? Or is there anything particular? Like, what's the hook to it? The hook to it is that um, there's uh, four friends, and uh, they're all kind of like they're not really acknowledging that it's the zombie apocalypse. They're just kind of like going about their business. Yeah. And every issue, the main hook is that even though zombies are supposed to be the villains, they're more just like the cause of the villains. Oh, okay. Like, the newest issue is evil. Is evil. Snowmen. The next one is zombie aliens. It's always something that's like zombies are the twist. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, like it's it's a great way to. I mean, let's be be honest. Zombies are a very oversaturated market mm -hmm. right now. It's nice to be able to throw something unique on it, make it interesting, and you know, like make it your own story. And I I think that basically at the heart of any good zombie story, it's really about the people in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Zombies are just a backdrop, really, yeah. right? So, I mean, that's super cool. Um, and you have an interesting story about how the idea came about. I like. I um, originally did a, a sketch uh, for my friend to color that I called, um, I think it was Zombie Russian Hat Palooza. Yeah. And it was just supposed to be like, you know, a Nazi zombie kind of deal that I just, was just a one-off thing. And then the guy was wearing one of those Russian hats. And uh, I just kept coming, like, coming back to it and thinking of a world around it. And so from a sketch, it became this whole yeah. universe. Yeah, and so you're basically working just, on the third issue. just jamming, jamming out a concept just on paper, like just like visually. Mm -hmm. And from that, a story came out. Yeah. Which is really cool. I mean, you know, it's always interesting to hear different people's sort of ideas, like where ideas get generated from and everything. And that's one of those things where, you know, uh, you never really can't, you never really know, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, like it's just, that was something you were just doing on a lark, right? Yeah. Which is really cool. So, I mean, where, like, uh, tell us about, like, a little bit where the story has taken you so far. Like, you said you're three issues in. That's pretty good. How many pages are you each in? Um, oh, by the, way. the first one was just, like, a preview. Uh, yeah. The new one is a 15-page story. Um, and then the newest one is going to be 12 to 15. Cool. Um, and uh, it, when you're a self-publishing cartoonist, it's never really 15. It's always like 20. Because you got to do like yeah. the cover, inside cover, you know. Yeah, it's all on you, right? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's not like you're just like throwing in your inks and there's three other guys on the job kind of yeah. thing. So each page for me, each book for me is like 20 pages at the end of it. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of work, uh, but I mean, it pays off. And I think in your case, uh, you've definitely been developing this for like what over a couple of years now. Yeah, it was um, it was originally just a drawing, and it just yeah. kept growing and growing. And I was working on other things in the background, and then I finally got to a point where I was confident enough in my uh, ability to 
um, really make it happen how I wanted it. Yeah, and I think that it's, it's really, it's really you've nailed, nailed on a very consistent style, which is something that's really cool to see. I mean, you do have that very uh, children's animation style, mm -hmm. uh, visual, like visual to to the aesthetic. Um, but it's got really nice, confident lines. It's got a really kind of clear-cut aesthetic. And it's really cool to see. I mean, like, uh, it's definitely, it definitely looks like a very intentional look, mm -hmm. which is always, it's always yeah. a good thing, right? As an artist, you always want to make sure that you're hitting that. Yeah. But uh, it's, I mean, you've collaborated, you've done some other projects as well. I mean, we collaborated on a project yes, ourselves, did. actually, uh, where we worked on the Homes Inc. Uh, issue three, mm -hmm. where you did a, you illustrated a story for me. We did a, uh, like a flashback. That's right. Sequence, which is really where it started, because now every issue of Russian Zombie Hat has a flashback sequence. Oh, really? But uh, I'm not giving Eric any of the money. No, no. So. Well, that's, that's fair. But I'll, I'll take the, <laughs> I'll take the creative credit. I'll wear yeah. that. I'll be like, yeah. Yeah, that idea, all yeah. me. No, um, yeah, it was it was uh, that was a cool story. And actually, one of the things I thought was really interesting about it is that because I I came up with the concept completely un like with no idea who was going to illustrate it, mm -hmm. and so you brought a whole different dimension to the story because I never saw like I saw it as like it's a very uh, like it's just a World War II spy story. Yeah. It's almost like a look array kind of thing or whatever, and. Uh, you you turned it like into something very different because you have that you know like that that sort of animated cartoon aesthetic yeah. which really told the story in a way I wouldn't have thought of yeah. which I thought was really interesting and in the end I was really happy with how that that mm -hmm. looked it was a very cool kind of it was, it was like a it was like a black and white episode of a Saturday morning cartoon exactly yeah. it was almost like it was almost like a really heavy episode of Popeye yeah you know, like if Popeye had seen some shit yeah you know which was I thought really cool um, but I mean it's it's always interesting in that way that you never know I mean in a situation like that where we all collaborated with people mm -hmm. that were we were kind of paired up um, almost at random yeah. and you kind of you don't know what's going to come of your story yeah. which I thought was really cool and you ended up working with the deer whose story I illustrated and you uh, and she illustrated yours yeah which was really cool because in the end they're very visually different uh, books and they are stories and they had very different tales so, as a shameless plug, as a, mm -hmm. you know, some shameless self-promotion, anyone who wants to check out those stories yes. can actually get the comic for free. It's on uh, drivebycomics.com. I think it's I think it's drive through. Drive through. Drive by Comics is where Eric posts his Hitman. That's comics. right. That's yeah. where that's where comic artists get shot up. Yeah. You know, because they've been talking smack. We're supposed to keep that on the DL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but nah, man. If if someone's gonna go like you know, talk shit. I gotta defend my rep, yeah. yo. I'm gonna stop because I can't do, I can't do the like that gangster talk. I just Eric, can't do Eric it. Eric is saying all this in a pink shirt. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> with cornflower blue stripes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. I love I love the visual descriptions in a podcast. It yeah. always really lands. But <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I mean, yeah. Basically, drive drivethroughcomics.com has the all the homes issues, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, people can check it out and see a little bit of what we did. But if people want to check out your comic, you have a website as well. Correct? Yes, I have a website and a Facebook and a Twitter, and they're all looneybincomics.com uh, is the main site, and yeah. looney is spelled like the coin. Yeah. 
for those non-Canadians, which is virtually no one yes. listening to this, but anyone who isn't Canadian, that's L-O-O-N-I-E. I-E. Yeah, exactly. As it should be. Yes. All right. So that's awesome. People can check out your work there. Is there any way to get uh, like check out your stuff, like or like you specifically? Do you have like a Twitter handle that you want to plug? Or um, I have uh, at Delaneo21, which is D-Y-L-A-N-I-O-2-1, and I also have Delaneo21.DeviantArt awesome. and uh, WordPress. So there we go. People can check out your stuff there. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of uh, Russian Zombie Hat. I think it's a super fun... Uh, Zombie romp, if yeah. you will. It's a, it's a, it's a zombie. It's exactly. Yeah. It's a zombie. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks. Good talk. Uh, no one has to see our, you know, fugly mugs. That's so right. yeah, I mean, we can just talk in as awkward a way as dictates. Cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I mean. You are Adam Gorham. That's, That's who true. you are. That is a fact. <laughs> I'll just state that. You know, get that out of the way. That's right. And you you draw pretty things. Sometimes not pretty. Sometimes kind of gruesome. But you draw in a pretty way. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird compliment that I just made. But uh, you are, yeah, you're an illustrator. And one that's busy at that uh, with a whole lot of projects. It's true. I'm pretty busy. Um, yeah. I'm working on... A couple different things with friends mostly, and uh, some paid like some professional cool paid gigs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one that that was definitely like I didn't know about until today that you were just telling me about was you're doing an alien aliens trading card series. Yeah, uh, Upper Deck um, is putting together a, um, a trading card series, and uh, I think it's called Alien uh, Legendaries or something like that. That's um, awesome. And I'm just I'm doing a few cards for this uh, for this set. I don't know a whole lot about it, but um, some of the images I've drawn are you know from the one of the films, and they're a lot of fun. I wonder if that has anything to do with like there's a video game happening soon. I know like it's like a horror kind of style video game. Yeah, Colonial Marines, I think it's called. Uh, no, that one came out and it was I think that one was the one that tanked, wasn't it? I've I don't play video games. Anyway, doesn't matter. There's an alien or aliens game happening at some point soon. I want credit that I was able to name a video game. You did. You successfully named a video game. Thanks. That either exists or will exist in the near future. Excellent. So there we go. Yeah. Adam Gorham knows a video game. There we are. <laughs> it's progress. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So I'm, I take it by that you're not exactly a gamer. No, I actually am not a gamer. I don't play many video games. And I wouldn't be so busy with comics if I did, I think. so. Yeah, no, um, I, I don't know a lot of illustrators and stuff that really do play much video games because, I mean, illustrating, it's, it's a time-intensive thing. It's tough yeah. to find a lot of spare time. Uh, I, yeah, like I think when people are missing their deadlines, like if you read yeah. comics and you're bummed that your favorite comic is pushed back or whatever, it's because so-and-so had to beat this mission... <laughs> So you can, like, thank yeah. Xbox or whatever. Xbox is still a thing, right? Yes. Yeah, well, there's a new one, even. There's the, a new there's Xbox? There's, like, two Xboxes. Cool. All right. Yeah, so there you go. Two for two on the video game name drops. 2014. Awesome. <laughs> um, Time so, to be alive. <laughs> it's a magical time. With every additional Xbox, do they add an X to the name? No, and that would be really awkward on the third iteration. Right. Because you'd get a whole demographic of people that yeah. did not realize what they were buying. I came you in to get a triple Xbox. Please. <laughs> oh man and then you'd have a whole generation of kids that would just never play that console even though it had nothing offensive 
potentially. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's definitely not how it works, just so anyone who doesn't know is listening. Um, but let's get back to your work. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess instead of talking about non-existent video game consoles. Yeah. Um, alien trading cards, that's super cool. What other uh, sort of work are you working on right now? I mean, is it all comic book stuff other than that? Apart from the like this one trading card gig, um, it's mostly it's all comic books and uh, uh, so recently I did some inking on an upcoming issue of Secret Avengers uh, with Michael Walsh. That's um, awesome. And uh, the wonderful thing about that is that um, I got to he's a you know Mike's a good friend of mine and mm -hmm. so the wonderful thing about that experience is that I literally just got to sit beside him through the through the whole issue. And uh, like in his in his little studio space, yeah. and listen to him sing and play guitar, and uh, it was and there were birds singing. It was lovely. And then just pencils appeared on the page. Yeah, that's was, how he that's how he works. It was like Fantasia, um, <laughs> but you know, but with like Michael's blonde Adonis, uh, you know, visage before me. So it was, wow. that was a it was a great experience. Apart Profound. from getting to ink a Marvel comic book, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean that's that's the first time you've ever actually done anything for Marvel, I guess. Is it or? Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. It is, and um, you know, in a very. That's got to uh, be a bit of a milestone for you. I guess so. I mean, it's in a very small capacity, but you know, work nonetheless, and it was a lot of fun. And um, but I didn't. It's funny because it's it was uh, Michael who had to point out that we were working on a Marvel book. Whereas, because yeah. like for me, it was just sort of getting, I was really excited about getting out of my own house and hanging out with a friend for a few days. Yeah. That was, that was like, the whole, the whole prospect was uh, getting to do that. Um, but um, yeah, and then later it, it sank in like, oh, you know, I'm putting ink over Hawkeye and Nick Fury and so on. And that's astounding. Well, it's not astounding. Let's it's no, it's it's funny though. To to me, what I think of about that is that, like, there was you know, when you're a kid, and you were doing like drawing and stuff like that, and think to yourself, man, I hope one day I could you know draw Avengers or something. You you would think to yourself, it's like, oh, hang out with a friend. That's whatever. I do that all the time. But like, you grow up, and then there's this complete, you know, tra uh, you know, transition of it's like, oh, I get to hang out with my friend and work. Uh, oh yeah, it's a Marvel comic book. Yeah. So yeah, that, my, to I me, guess my to priorities me, a, have changed a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a funny it's a funny kind of aha moment that it's like it goes to show you that the important thing isn't the book; it's about liking what you're doing, you know, and like getting to work with someone cool and someone you like. Yeah, is, is an important thing. In other words, it went from I hope I achieve great things in life to Oh God, I just want a friend. Yeah, which is a, <laughs> a harsh reality, folks. That's what go. life's about. <laughs> a series of alienating events that makes you feel more and more alone until you're desperately clinging to any attempt to have a friend. Right. This is going to be a great podcast. This is like this it's is going to be already a great podcast. <laughs> oh man, people we're are going to talking about the big things. Yeah, people's minds are going to be blown. But uh, I mean, that's that's a fantastic like I mean, even though it is just sort of a small foot in the door, it's cool to like I mean, have that moment. You know, you you did a Marvel comic. And that's never going to go away. I uh, know it'll you know? go away. <laughs> I don't think I mean, to me, that's something that you always have that thing and Frankly, I think that that's just the beginning. I, I really don't see that being the end of your your work. You no, know, I, the, the the ascent in the comic world for you. I peaked. <laughs> I like it's I just over. I definitely peaked the first day on the job, and then got like progressively worse. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm on like I'm on. It's it got to your head. It's not too steep a decline. Yeah. But it is a decline and. 
Uh, I'm just writing, writing it down, having fun, you know? <laughs> sure, of course. And then when I hit bottom, like, hopefully it's cushioned a little bit. <laughs> By the smug satisfaction of knowing you did something cool with a friend. With a friend. See, that's the thing. When you hit bottom, you want to make sure there's that friend underneath to cushion your fall. I think bottom is not having any friends, though. Yeah, is that that's not true. It? Yeah, you can look through yeah, my yeah. pages. Sorry, man. Yeah, anyone listening to this, this is we're actually at the event. So, I mean, there are people checking out Adam's amazing artwork. Yeah, so I just flip through it and yeah. have fun. And you drew these? I did. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, we could talk about how the, the bottom of, you know, a person's life is being completely alone and having no work and whatever, but I'd rather talk about comics. I don't Sorry, know. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, um, keep taking this to a weird place. Yeah. <laughs> let's go See, on. This is, this is something books. that we should, like, if I ever really want to end my podcast, like, and just kill my listenership, right. I'll bring you on for a full hour-long episode, yeah. and we'll make sure everyone hates themselves at the end. Yes. Excellent. So, I mean, that's a plan. <laughs> but, I mean, you're also working on sort of, I wouldn't call them pet projects or, like, you know, uh, but, like, you're working on projects that are more with friends and people you've collaborated with before as well. Um, what's some of the other stuff you're working on? Well, uh, there's a couple of things that I'm pretty excited about that I'd like to see finished. Um, yeah. One of them is called Race the Atom, and it's with my friend uh, Phil McClory. Um, you know, and Phil and I, we've been friends and acquainted for a long time now, and uh, but we've yet to really collaborate on something uh, at length. Yeah. So, uh, you know, basically our idea for Race the Atom is if Lando Calrissian were Mad Max. So it takes place in this post-apocalyptic future. In Cloud uh, City? Our guy's like this, nice. uh, is this uh, excellent wheelman, and uh, he goes to take revenge on a whole city. And... Um, it's a lot of fun, and that so that's cool. that, yeah, that's something that we've been we've been putting together, and yeah. I've been drawing for, and uh, we're not self-publishing it. We want to sh- you know shop it around, and that's something yeah. that we're going to start doing very soon. Um, and then with um, you know my long-term friend and collaborator Fred, yeah. Fred Kennedy, um, who with, you've worked with extensively on Teuton, yeah. on Teuton, I'll be drawing a story of his for the upcoming Monstrosity anthology, and. Um, uh, we're, we've been working on other things uh, since finishing Teuton, really, and um, so this latest thing that we're working on and trying to send out is uh, it's a contemporary, uh, more I guess like a, a crime. It's well, certainly a crime story. Yeah. Uh, it involves the military. It involves uh, you know the criminal underbelly in Canada. Um, so it's it's definitely more gritty and. Uh, modern day so very different from our medieval fantasy epic yeah but um, that's something that we've been working on for a little bit now and uh, he's just waiting for me to get around finishing uh, the last couple pages for it and uh, you know once that once that is done then we'll start showing that off a little bit um, gosh what else uh, then I'll be working on the next True Patriot story, also with Fred, the continuing saga of Gull Girl, who is, I Fantastic. guess, the runaway character from the first book. Which is hilarious, because, yeah, she was the antagonist in that first story, uh, and then she just sort of, like, she was a hit, right? A lot of people came to me expressing adoration for Gull Girl. <laughs> um, they, like, all of this is Fred's invention, so, yeah. like, I can only take credit for drawing it, but, uh, so, but, like, all of the wacky hijinks is just, it's, it's vintage Fred and his sense of humor, but, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people came away um, somewhat sympathetic for Gold Girl. 
Um, who, you know, if you go back and you read that story, she really didn't do anything bad. No, not she really. Just, she kind of just showed up at a beach and was kind until of like some a bit crusty of a old white guy was like, get off my lawn. Type <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, and it's, he basically, you know, he busted her for being different. Yeah. She had seagulls for hands. So I think there's sort of like, I'm sure there's something you can take away from that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe well, a lot of people feel that they're the gold girl in the story of which their is lives. fun because like I mean that that goes to show you that the audience is smarter than you think, in that like when you you, you tell a story with that sort of narrative slant where you know the the blue noser is like he's the the hero of the story, but when the reality of the story is that like you know. He's not necessarily like that. The antagonist isn't necessarily so, you know, antagonistic. Well, exactly. That doesn't that doesn't inherently mean that the audience is going to rally against them. You know? Yeah. And in this case, they didn't. And then you had people that really liked the character. You know, yeah. Well, I can't. It was totally inadvertent. I think. Yeah. That's what. Um, but so that's I, what I mean. That's where it goes to show you that, you know, you you really have to make sure that like, the story has to be like I guess like solid from the sense of those things otherwise people are going to divine it's going to go its own way right which is kind of a fun it's it's kind of a in the words of bob ross a happy accident <laughs> of that story because uh, yeah in the end you ended up having this cool fan base for this really neat weird character yeah so that's that's really cool i mean i'm looking forward to that second book uh the, that both those books Bold monstrosity and true patriot were to me real runaway like kind of uh books that debuted at Fan Expo, like both similar kind of a thing where they were an anthology book, uh, very, but ultimately kind of different, different concepts and different uh, people involved, but uh, ultimately similar in, enough in the sense that they both were really successful and they both had uh, a really nice ability to showcase a lot of different artists and writers. Well, I, I mean, with Monstrosity, I mean, Monstrosity and True Patriot, it's like you know they were both comic book anthologies, and yeah. so in terms of comic qualities, that's you know, pretty much where it ends. Where it ends, yeah. yeah with uh, with True Patriot, uh, it was put together, I guess, with a lot more um, you know working professionals. Yeah, um, and that's sort of like I guess I won't I won't say that was the caliber of work, but there was certainly more name recognition attached to True Patriot for sure. And um, like Fred and I were kind of like the two that snuck in, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, so that had that going for it, whereas Myth Monstrosity, um, it was just put together by, uh, by my buddies uh, Brian Avenue and Phil McClory. Mm -hmm. um, both of them have been around the Toronto comic scene for a long time, so they're you know they're pretty seasoned, and had been doing books like that for a couple of years prior. Um, but you know what makes Monstrosity a lot of fun is like it's a lot of. Uh, guys, you know, they're kind of like the bad news bears of comics in a way, where it's yeah. sort of like they're just scrappy and they want to get stories done, and um, that to me made it really, really thrilling. Um, with the second one, they're definitely up in the ante in terms of like the people they brought on. I was going to say, yeah, There's they're, they're really... kind of starting to get into that similar territory with the True Patriot kind of caliber people, but... Um, yeah, like there's definitely some really interesting people attached to it. Mm -hmm. um, so, like I said, I'll be drawing a story. I just saw the cover for the new monstrosity yesterday, uh, which is being illustrated by James Stoku. Yeah, I um, saying. And it was unreal. I'm really excited for people to see the cover. It's dynamite. Um, and then just in terms of the people writing and drawing it, uh, uh, one writer who's come aboard, he's from uh, out west, uh, Ryan Ferrier. I've a, heard that name before. Yeah, he's a totally rad dude. Um, He's a writer for Challenger Comics. Okay. Uh, the Brothers James is a book of his. Uh, Ultra Nova. Um, uh, 
Uh, he did a book called Bloody Fucking Revenge. It was an anthology of his. It's just, uh, you know, I've got to meet him a couple of times now, and he's a super nice fella, and, you know, he writes some mean stories. So, really, and he told me what his is for the next one. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait people for people to see it and read it. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's cool stuff. I mean, you've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline. People are going to have no choice but to be aware of the stuff you're doing because it's just going to be everywhere, it seems. Uh, uh, but if gonna, they don't have, if they don't they're going to choke some... on all the things I'm doing. <laughs> Take my art and choke on it. Yeah. But um, if people do want to find your stuff, keep track of what you're doing, uh, What? where can they find you? Follow me on Twitter uh, at Adam T. Gorham. Uh, and then I also keep a blog I've been updating it a lot recently with yeah. new stuff. So it's called a princelydreadful.blogspot.com. Uh, so you can see everything that I'm doing on there. And, um, yeah, between that and Twitter, that's got you covered, man. There you go. All right. Well, fantastic. There we go. Adam, as always, it's always great speaking with you. And thanks for uh, bringing everyone down. Yay. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. All right. Okay, so that was our podcast, and uh, it was definitely a long one, a lot of interviews to go through, um, but that was a really awesome event, and if you didn't come check it out the day of, uh, you definitely missed out, uh, but you know what, there's always next year, and also Stadium Comics does tons of awesome events, uh, pretty much every month they've got something going on where they'll have like an artist doing a signing or some sort of a community night, so we'll keep you in the loop with that because uh, we're, we're big fans of what they're doing over there here at Geeky On, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely be covering more of their stuff in the future. Um, I also just want to quickly say thanks to them again because it really was a great time and it was awesome to get the opportunity to, to podcast live. Um, we may be doing more my, uh, more live podcasts in the future as well uh, through uh, Mixler, the, the software I was using there. Um, so there you go, guys. Uh, we have more stuff coming in the future. Uh, we're going to have some more comic art, uh, artists on the way as well as hopefully some video game uh, and visual effects artists as well from, uh, you know, they've done work on major motion pictures. So that's some of the exciting stuff to come. Uh, we really hope you enjoyed the podcast and look out for the website. It'll be live June 1st and that's geekyon.com.